You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBattleLeroy.com. We alluded to in the announcements with the bulletin, we as elders, and this is even before my arrival here, have been working years, right, on a revised constitution uh, for our church to conform more closely with Scripture. Um, got it here. We'll pass it out in just a little bit. Um, but we're working on this, and we'll get it to you in just a little bit here. I think it was... If I understand the timing right, after the approval of the Statement of Faith in April of 2012, then work began to write out a new constitution. And, and here's the desire for this document, that, that we as a church, that we, we more closely reflect what the Bible says we ought to be as a church. That's the goal. It's the Bible's behind that. And I believe that the constitution, it can be a tool used by God to bring Him glory in how we function as a body. It's not inspired. His Word is, right? But the intent in what we'll look through here is to lay out our purpose. Who are we as a church? Look out. Look uh, through our beliefs. What do we believe as a church? Look through what are we to look like as members one of another? What does that look like? What is our leadership here to look like? What is even church discipline and holding one another accountable in the faith? What's that to look like? Hopefully that's what's being, uh, that is what's being addressed here. So the plan is, rather than simply hand out the document that we have, and you'll see it, you know, instead of just kind of privately, hey, look this over for a couple of weeks, we'll vote on it. The desire really thought, well, we could do a Sunday school class or maybe a separate it was like, well, where else are we all gathered? We're gathered on Sunday morning here. So if it feels a bit like a Sunday school lesson, I hope it doesn't. We're, we're still in God's Word. But the desire is that we all go through this together. And we want to take time. It's about 11 weeks worth. We're going to take time looking through our Constitution. And then at our January annual meeting, we would vote on it. So it's, a, it's a proposed, in the proposed state here. So if you're visiting with us, first time few times uh, today, this is not typically how we would preach here. Uh, typically, I love, and it's a stretch for me because I'm, I'm anxious to get back to my passage and I got, you know, and, but it's good. It's going to be real good. But normally we're going passage by passage through a book of the Bible and so forth. But over the next couple months here, we're going to be more just going and looking through this Constitution, still using God's Word as our guide. And that's what we want to do. So if uh, the elders are going to help me pass these out up here, if you, Brandon and Dave and Milt, want to come up, we've got a stack of them to hand out. Um, I know it'll be tempting to read the, you guys can just start handing them out. It'll be tempting to read the whole thing while I'm talking. Uh, that's fine. I won't point you out. Uh, that's, that's okay. But we're just going to get to a little bit of it uh, this morning, and you can look this over as they get it passed out. If you're in junior high, senior high, take one. We want you to, to follow along and be with this. Be with us in this and, and uh, learn what it is. You can uh, write on this. It's proposed. So you can take notes, underline, and, uh, and look at it that way.
as you get it, uh, I don't know if it's the fanciest of titles, but it's on the front, together for the glory of God. That's the goal here. The goal is God's glory, and we want to be together in that. Those that have them already on the first page, uh, as you turn in, we're just that just gives you an idea of where we're headed. I just took the the uh, proposed constitution, went through it, and tried to divide it up into about eleven. You can call them lessons. We could call them sermons, and just trying to divide it up so that we are teaching through this. Uh, and you'll see it there, and you can look through that on your own just to know that gives you an idea of where we're going. If you happen to miss a Sunday, we are recording these. I would encourage you to have an informed vote. So we want, don't want you to miss a Sunday where we're going through this. So listen, find the link uh, through our website or on iTunes, Bethany Radio. Look that up and uh, they do a good job to get that on every week. So it's there. It's usually on, what, George, by Monday or Tuesday. So it's, it's there for you. Um, we're going to look at today, if you open just, I've got them, pages are numbered, page number three. We're looking at the preamble. We're looking at Article 1 and Article 2. That's where we're, we're at today. Thank you guys for passing those out. Um, hopefully we have enough to go around. Since this is a document that we're going to be voting on, the writing is as if we had voted on it already. So that's, that's why it reads the way... It does. So let me read the preamble and the article one here. Um, It says, Almighty God in His grace and mercy was kind enough to call certain saints to unite here on March 5th, 1958 under the name of Bethany Bible Church for the worship of God and the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, the members of Bethany Bible Church, after searching the Scriptures under the guidance of God's Holy Spirit, have recognized the need to replace the current Constitution in order to conform more closely to God's will for His church in Leroy, Minnesota, and to prepare ourselves for even greater endeavors in His name. What I have to share is about our local church, our Bethany Bible. We know there's the church universal made up of the believers everywhere. This is, in particular, our church. Paragraph 3, Therefore, We do hereby adopt this Constitution as our articles of governance to be interpreted at all times to reflect the character of God and bring glory to Him as revealed in the Bible and articulated in the standards set forth in our statement of faith. Under Article 1, our name, this body shall be known as Bethany Bible Church of Leroy, Minnesota, Incorporated, sometimes from this point forward referred to as the church. We really continue on what began almost 60 years ago. A group met together to worship God and spread the gospel. Bonnie Grass was nice enough to get me a copy of some of our church history. Here's what one part reads from an ad in the newspaper, January 1958. It says, We stand without apology for the Bible as the Word of God and only rule of faith and practice. We believe Christ died for our sins rose for our justification. He is coming again for those who are His and that the only way for salvation is through faith in His finished work on the cross of Calvary plus nothing. I like that part. 
generations now I'm re- just for us generations we're removed uh, from that time but we're here again today and yet we know our church goes back further than 1958 doesn't it goes back a lot further um, you know for us in, in terms of the name I, I I'm not don't have them here to ask how did this name come to be but I believe it's carried over from the first from Pastor Berglund, where he'd served at Bethany Lutheran. You guys can correct me when we're when we're done, and I can change this next week. But uh, from Bethany Lutheran Church, it's, that church is no longer in existence. There's a cemetery, and there's a I think the foundation's still there. There's a house on it, but um, he did not uh, perform an infant baptism, as I read it, and they said no, no more from you, and he left, and and they started here. But this is actually what happened more than 2,000 years ago in the actual city of Bethany. I found it quite interesting. Um, it's in the book of Luke. You can just, I'll read it for you here. But Jesus had risen from the dead. This is after he's risen. He was giving his disciples some instructions about how Scripture had been fulfilled through him. And they were going to go out. They were going to proclaim repentance, forgiveness of sins to all nations. And then Luke ends with this. So that's interesting in light of our name here. It says, And he led them out as far as Bethany. This is Jesus. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Here's what they did. This is one of the original worship services at Bethany. And they worshipped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple blessing God. That's the end of Luke if you want to look it up later. You hear here the themes of these disciples after Jesus departs. There's Jesus blessing them. It says they worshipped Him. They returned with great joy. They were continually blessing God in the temple. Which leads us to look at here our purpose statement in this proposed congregation. And we're going to spend a little more time on this section and on this phrase or this purpose statement in particular. Uh, it's right below Article 2, Purpose. It says, Bethany Bible Church exists to delight in, display, and declare the glory of God and equip His people to spread that delight through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's really these three words I want to grab hold if you have a bulletin, you've already got them in there. This delight, display, declare. Now, there's another word, equip, or you might say disciple if you want to keep all four D's going, but uh, it's equip is the last one. But I want to look at what do we mean? What does it look like to do these things? To delight, display, declare the glory of God. Because I think it's helpful in answering why do we come here? What's our purpose? What are we to be about? And the first one is the word, we're to delight. We're to delight in God. And I think this word really gets to our hearts. We're to have hearts of joy and delight in God alone. I hope you're still in First Peter because I'm looking at a few places in here. If you just turn back in First Peter to chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. I'll read this for us. These verses come as Peter writes. He's writing to these elect exiles of the dispersion They're in these different places, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and so forth. He's writing to the church as a whole. Look at what he writes in verses three through nine. 
says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. If you can see things, we ought to delight in. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We want to be a people that delights in our God. And this is not just a superficial joy. Kind of we just put on a happy face when, when we really feel terrible inside. I think it's more an inner. It's a heart joy. It's a heart delight that no matter what, we have a Savior. No matter what, we're going to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. I think joy and delight, they're central to the Gospel of God. Psalm 1611 says, As you make known to me the path of life in your presence... There is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so this part of our purpose really gets to the heart of each of us here. Where, where is our delight? We exist as a church to delight. If our delight and joy are not in Christ, they are in something else or someone else. I, I couldn't find it, but I'm, I want to attribute quotes. I think it's from John Piper. He said, we worship what we delight in. We worship whatever we do. So I delight, we worship. Does that mean we, we can't delight in good dessert or a glorious sunset or any number of things? No, we delight in those. We delight in cool weather, in relationships. There's much to delight in. But that the final end of that delight does not rest and hope in that person or that thing, but in our Savior, in our God. They're just a taste. Those earthly delights, they're a taste to give us that, what's that delight like? Oh, it's like a good piece of cheesecake or whatever your, your thing is. It's like that. He's like that, only infinitely greater. They point us to Christ. One day we'll have that full delight. We have it now in Christ, one day fully in the presence of the Lord. And yet each of us struggle with that kind of delight, don't we? looking for other places, looking forward in other places. You know, what would our church look like? What would your family look like if your joy and delight, you know, we, we do this, this is part of what we're talking about in Sunday school, if our joy and delight, they're not wrapped up in, in how we're treated or the circumstances around us, but our joy and delight is in the rock-solid Savior. What would we look like in that? What does your life look like in that? That's what we exist as a church to ultimately find our joy in God through Christ. In other words, we exist to worship and glorify God alone. 
Well, the next word, we're to delight in, we're also to display. And I believe display, as you think about it, I think display God's glory, we're to display it. It's really a more horizontal word. Our, our heart is to vertically, we're to delight in God and we're to de- be all these people delighting in God. And we're to display His glory towards others, towards one another in our own lives, in our own actions, in our church. Uh, look at First Peter, go to chapter 4. We're kind of just a couple pages, so it's easy for us to get around. But First Peter chapter 4, verse uh, 7 through 11, let's look at that. Here again, Peter says this. First Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Here's some things to do, right? Above all, verse 8, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And now here's the last part. In order that. Or what's the purpose? Here again. So that. Why? So that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We're to love earnestly. Show hospitality. Serve one another so that in everything God is glorified through Jesus Christ. So that we who are in Christ, the church, we've been predestined by God to, as Paul says in Romans 8.29, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. So we exist to display the glory of God amongst ourselves and in this world. I don't think these windows here open, but what if they could? And what if somebody heard the sounds and the, the coming out of this place and they came up to a window and they kind of look up and they peer in and they look in. That's what part of this purpose statement is, is saying. We're to display the glory of God. And guess what? They're already looking in as we go out from here. And they're going, oh yeah, he goes to Bethany. She goes to Bethany. Oh yeah, he's the pastor there. Oh boy. You know, or all the, they're, they're watching and we're display God's Glory, one another to the world. So God is glorified. Just another word for that. He's honored. He's exalted. He's worshipped when we love one another earnestly, covering a multitude of sins, showing hospitality when we speak and serve one another. So we exist as a people of God, the church of God, to rejoice in Him, to delight we're to display His glory in our lives. And then this other last part, we're to declare that glory. We're to declare His glory, praising His name amongst His church and to the world. Look at First Peter now, back to the section where we read from when we began, and in particular, verses 9 through 10. We'll be going a few other places as we look at this. First <clears throat> Peter 2, 9 through 10 Just again, some context of Peter. I think it seems here in this letter, he's over and over again, he's emphasizing who these elect are and based on who they are, how they're to behave. And this this even in the midst of suffering. And basically from the first chapter, because you're born again, because you're ransomed from feudal ways, because you're children of God, 
Because you're called by the Holy One, therefore, because of all that, act like one who's been chosen of God. Act in a manner of holiness. And then we get to verse 9. Peter's just spoken of those who disobey the word. They don't believe the gospel. And then he contrasts their stumbling with who the people of God are. Listen to the glorious truths of who the people of God are in these verses. 1 Peter 2, 9, starting. But you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. A people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We're to be a, we're a people for His own possession. And to understand some of these words here, because I think they're rich and they're, they're bigger than we maybe at first glance see them. We're going to go to two places in the Old Testament. And so not very far, but Isaiah 43 is one of those places. And then we'll get to Exodus 19. But Isaiah 43, I want to look there first. And in particular, verses 19 through 21. You can keep a finger in 1 Peter 2, but here's Isaiah 43. And here in 43, God, he's speaking to Israel. He's reminding that that he's called them by name. They were created for his glory. And then where we're going to be at, it says he he speaks of of a new work in verse 19. Here we are. Verse 19 through 21. Here's Isaiah 43. It says, behold, you know, speaking to the people of Jacob, of Israel, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself. Are you hearing 1 Peter language here? Give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Here God speaks of His chosen people as a people formed for Himself. And the great word, T-H-A-T, that, the purpose, that, what? That they might declare my praise. And so too, Peter says to the people of God, you are a chosen race, a people for His own possession. Keep going back further. Go to Exodus 19. Again, similar language. We're just going there to see it and make some of this connection of the people of God. Uh, Exodus chapter 19. Here in Exodus 19, we're right before the giving in chapter 20 of the Ten Commandments. God has rescued Israel uh, out of slavery from Egypt and they're at Mount Sinai. They're in the wilderness. Here's what the Lord says to Moses in verse 3. I'll start and go through verse 6. Now we've read Peter, your chosen race, Holy nation, royal priesthood, people for my own possession. Peter's talking to the elect exiles, to the church. And here's, here's the words here back in Exodus 19. It says, while, I'll start in verse 3. While Moses went up to God. Okay. The Lord called to him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. 
Verse 5, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Here are words spoken to the people of Israel. And now, all the way back in First Peter, he's speaking even here and, and what many would say a Gentile, though not exclusively Gentiles, maybe some Jewish, but a Gentile crowd. Peter is saying virtually the same thing. Back to our text. That's what he's saying, that in the church, the church is the people of God. We're his possession. We're a holy nation. And we see his purpose. And his purpose in all this, these great truths of who you are, you're people of God. What would it be like to just meditate on that? What a people of God, people for his own possession. And then again, that purpose statement in First Peter Chapter 2, verse 9, halfway through, that you. What's this all for? What's the purpose that you might proclaim? You might proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you. The word for proclaim here, you could say in First Peter, you could say declare or to make known. We as believers in the Lord, we are a chosen people. We're to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called. We're to declare so we're to delight, we're to display, we're to declare the glory of God who has called us to be His people. And lest we forget, we're people by the mercy of God. That's what verse 10. Once, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once, it's us in our sin, once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy and you've been caused to be born again to a living hope, as he would say in chapter 1. God's people have been called and were formed for His glory. So as God's people, that's what we're to do. We're to proclaim it. We're to declare this glory of God. We're to declare His might, His works to our brothers and sisters amongst us in Christ and to the world around us. That's what verses 11 through 12, I won't read them, but it, verse 12, you know, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honor, honorable. Why? So that they may see your good deeds and, and they may glorify God. Out from there. So God's glory, it's not just for us, you know, to have a holy hour or two hours on a Sunday. It's to go out and to declare His glory as we go out from this place. Right, then the last part of the statement, as I already alluded to, talks about we're to equip His people. Uh, you could write, you could put that, uh, you put it as discipleship to make all your D's line up straight. But if you don't care about that, equip is the right, is the right word there. And that's the last part of the statement in our purpose. We're to equip His people to spread that delight through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who are we to equip? Again, God's people, His people, to spread it through the gospel. So no, no matter what else we do as a church, if we're going on retreats, or we're having a potluck, or we're going to care for the sick, or we're going to teach Sunday school, or we're going to provide all these Sunday school classes, we're going to do whatever it is. We are to go and we're to equip and spread the gospel. It's the only good news we have as a broken people being renewed in Christ. And so I think below, as has been laid out here, I think below in our 
constitution are helpful ways which encourage us. How do we go about this? One thing to have have good statements, but what does this look like? And helpful ways how to fulfill our purpose, how to glorify God. So look at them with me. Uh, the first line says, we're going to seek, seek to accomplish this purpose by loving God and obeying his commands in the following ways. The first one, through worshiping him in spirit and truth. I mean, in one word you might say worship. That's how we're going to glorify. We're going to worship him in spirit and truth. We cannot rightly worship without God's spirit within. And we need the truth of the gospel as revealed in his word. So as the people of God, we worship and we worship together. We worship here. We worship in our home. We worship when we see each other in the street or elsewhere. We worship in spirit and truth. Next one. Second one. By equipping. How are we going to accomplish this this purpose? By equipping the saints. Here's a great pastoral verse. Okay. We're equipping everyone to do this work, right? It's not, you didn't hire me for this to be Mike's work, although I want to work together and alongside. This is equipping for us all, equipping the saints, it's us in Christ, for the work of the ministry and progressive sanctification. Maybe you might say for kids here, growing in holiness through, through what? Bible instruction and study. But one word for that, you might say through teaching. We're equipping through teaching. We need to be people of the Word. And so we're to be equipped by the Word. We don't know the Gospel outside of God's Word. So I want to encourage you, take advantage of the equipping ministry of this church and the teaching here. Christian radio, it does offer 24-hour preaching and a lot more gifted preachers or teachers or that sort of thing, but it's not your local body. So listen intently to it, but come and be equipped by the local church. Those that teach in the Sunday school or women's and men's Bible studies. Even in your own counsel to one another as you're dealing with issues, come quickly to the Word of God. Something I want to I grow in is to say, oh, there's an issue. Let's, what does God's Word say? Our, our words, we're just, I don't know, here's a, some philosophy for you. We want to be people of God's Word. We'll be teaching. Number three down there. How? By? By what? By proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through preaching, personal evangelism, and any other corporate or individual means consisting, consistent with the teaching of Scripture. And one word for that is just proclaiming. You can underline proclaiming there. How do we accomplish our purpose? We proclaim. You want to grow in your delight in God and say, I don't quite have that kind of delight that I I feel I I want, I need, go out. Go tell the gospel to somebody. That's what we're to do. Proclaim this gracious Savior. The call of Jesus, it's to go. It's to go make disciples of all nations. Go do it. Related to this is the fourth one. How do we accomplish our purpose to glorify God and to declare Him? It's the fourth one down. By encouraging, supporting, and participating in missions work both locally and abroad. Why do we do missions? Why should we support missionaries? Not just because it's something we've always done. It's, it's part of spreading that delight and that joy and that gospel to the ends of the earth. 
ties into that. Delight and joy is to be shared. There's a lot more to that. C.S. Lewis has written some on that. But I challenge us, anything that we really delight in and are joyful about, if we don't share that with somebody else. If I catch a big fish, if I do, you know, something, something happens, you know, I want to... I want to share with you how our van, you know, we got stuck and this sort of thing. I want to, you know, boy, I want to share it with somebody. You know, not because it was, I mean, we, we got out. That was, that's the joy of it. But we want to share. It's meant to be shared. To go out. Well, the fifth one down. How do we glorify God? How do we display? How do we declare His glory? Fifth one down. We encourage. Encouraging biblical fellowship among believers. This is way beyond potluck type language here right this is true fellowship this you know you hear in peter the one another's type of ministry love one another care for one another serve one another and by doing this we glorify god we make much of god when we show his love and compassion to those around us and then the last one accomplishing this purpose we serve other individuals and families by providing for physical. We don't leave out the physical. Provide for emotional and spiritual needs in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus we go. He said, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So we serve because Jesus ultimately served. Help somebody with a need. We want to help in the name of Jesus. You know, all these things just orientated towards why we exist. So that we as a, as a gathered people of God here locally, that we may glorify God. Just three things to share as we kind of wrap up here. One, not knowing the hearts of all gathered here this morning, I want to encourage you. If you've been living for your glory, you realize your sin before a holy God. You've delighted in other things but Him. Invites you to repent of that sin and turn again to Christ. Say, I found glory, I found delight, joy, and these other things, and I have not worshipped you. Repent and come to Him. Turn to Christ for forgiveness. In one sense, that's each one of us here this morning. But if that's new to you, we want to help you understand the gospel, the good news of Christ and His work on the cross to reconcile sinners to a holy God. Number two, um, today Milt is going to be with me up front when we're all done and in the benediction. We'll be up front if you have questions over what we've covered or you have a comment and you want to share and talk more about constitution, that sort of thing. We want to be available. I understand this is not a a meeting setting for that, but you can come and um, uh, perhaps we'll have some different ways of doing that in the future. But uh, come and share um, so that uh, you're also a part and we can interact with you in this. And even if not, if you have a, an urgent thing, something you want to pray about, and you want to come, from, just say, Pastor or Mill, I, I need to pray about this. We want to be up here to pray with you in that. And lastly, I just want to encourage you as families, retired couples, whether you're married or single, to think on this. Think on why do you exist? What are you here to do? And if by the Holy Spirit conviction comes that 
You and I, we've been living for ourselves. We've been making choices based on my wants, my glory. Let us return again, as Peter would say, to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Let us run to Christ for forgiveness and to His Spirit that He might work in us a greater joy and a greater delight in our great God. We'll cover more next week. We'll continue on looking at this. But may our lives... This is not something... uh, We don't have to vote on whether we ought to give glory to God, right? We ought to go do this. Let's start. This doesn't wait till our annual meeting. Let's do it as a church. Let me pray for us. Father, we're so prone to wander. Prone to leave the God I love and find our greater delight in other things or or semi-saviors. Not quite saviors, but we think they are. Maybe it's people and relationships or things or jobs. Father, I pray that our hearts would be bound together by our desire to delight and find our joy in Christ alone, in our Lord alone. May we exist and may we go out from here and amongst one another as we see each other to display your glory. Lord, when you bring someone to mind this week, let's call them. Help us, Lord. Help us to encourage the brethren and our sisters in Christ. And Lord, I pray that you'd give us boldness to speak your word, that by proclaiming your gospel, we circle back to greater joy in your gospel. So give us courage in that. Lord, lead us along as we study different areas of our church, different areas of what it looks like to be healthy as a church. We pray that you give wisdom and guidance to us, to our families, to each of us gathered here. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.